The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. I remember what I believe was the first prophetic word that you ever gave corporately in Maui, Hawaii. I think it was in 1995 or 96, right around then. Might have, yeah, I, I think so. Right around then. There might have been one before that, but I remember God's hand becoming mightily on you. I remember the stories, that, the testimonies about praying in tongues on a roof and how God would send you not to be a contractor, but to be a, a revivalist, basically. And, and um, you're just such an encouragement to so many people and, and to me as well. And uh, you're a little bit, you're a little bit older than me, I think. <laughs> but you, you launched out in full-time ministry and we launched, we launched on ahead into life group and cell group, small group ministry. And just, I remember you went to Molokai and got a loaf of bread for preaching once. Come on, those early days, how God, the different things that God did through you. God has really put the word of the Lord in your mouth. And we're so blessed to have you here, John my, and, and Meliana, my, my dear brother and sister. Would you please put your hands together for Prophet John and Meliana Harkey. Amen. Hallelujah. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Let's give the Lord a shout of praise in the house. It's an honor to be here in KC Wasilla. It's an honor to be here. I can remember we, I, I just, before, I want to I wanna brag on your pastor. I really want to brag on your pastor. In fact, your pastor and I are going to do a, a conference in September out, out in Missouri, right? Outside of St. Louis. But, it, but anyway, um, I remember the first prophetic conference we had here in this building, first time I came here. I was preaching, right? And your pastor is sitting right where he is, and he's shaking under the anointing. And, and all of a sudden, in the middle of my sermon, he jumps up, grabs the mic, starts preaching, and then prophesies, goes back down, and sits back down. Now, he's the only one that I would give that mic to. But it was an I'll never forget that story as long as I live. It was amazing. We tell that everywhere around the country. But we're just excited to be with you tonight. And then on Wednesday, praise God, we're able to come back and pray for us. We're going to go out to Bristol Bay, right? Bristol Bay. I want everybody to pray. Monday, tomorrow, tonight, before you go to bed, tomorrow and Tuesday, that there will be tremendous breakthrough for Minister Tim out there. Are you hearing me? There will be souls saved. There will be signs and wonders out there. Bring in the lost. I understand in salmon season there's a lot of people there. Let them see the power of God. I pray for that, that God would move. But in just a few moments, I'm going to speak the word that God laid on my heart for you. We're going to prophesy, pray for the sick tonight. You don't want to miss a thing. But before I do, I want to introduce my beautiful wife, Meliana, of 30 years now. Would you give Sister Meliana a hand as she comes? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise God. Again, I'm just so grateful for what God is doing here in Wasilla. Because I know it's not only affect Alaska, but it's affecting all KC ministries. Amen. All over the world. 
And not only that, and how God used your pastor to travel all across the country and share what God is doing here also, because we heard it. It is wonderful. It is awesome. But it also because of your love and your faithfulness to God. Amen. Praise God. Anyway, um, last year, my husband and I got the privilege. I got, um, I'm from the little island. I mentioned to you guys uh, many times I've been here. I'm from the little island of Tonga, born and raised there. My family lived in Hawaii, and uh, last year, summer, I got a phone call from my brother. He used to work for the government, and he called me, and he said, Meliana, I want you and your husband to come with me. I want you guys to come and go meet the Queen of Tonga. I tell you what, I was at the beach jogging. I stopped what I was doing because I was so excited because I had never been in a presence of royalty. So I called my husband, and I said, I said honey, get ready. We are going to meet the Queen of Tonga. And I ran back to the hotel. We got ready. Got to the hotel where the queen was. And I remember when I, we have to go through securities, consulate, all that. And we finally got to the suite where the queen was waiting at. And I remember when I walked into that suite, I remember when I grew up, they said, if you're ever in the presence of royalty, you sit down on the floor. So I remember when I walked in, I sat down on the floor. <laughs> and as I was sitting there, the queen came in then and greeted us, and she started talking. And be honest with you, all our attention was on her. None of her word went out from my ear without me paying attention to every word she said. And as I was sitting there on the floor and giving her all my attention, this is what went through my mind. If I drop everything that I was doing, Stop running and ran back to my hotel. Put on my best because I have an invitation to be in a presence, to be in a presence of a royalty. Or if I got an invitation to be in a presence of a president, how much more? How much more do I need to drop, drop everything I was doing? Because I got an invitation to be in his presence. Again, as I was sitting there, and if I give an earthly queen all my attention, all my honor, and all the respect, how much more when I walk through that door, when I come through the door, he get all my attention. He got all my worship and all the honor that it belongs to him. And, you know, and I remember, and I was sitting there, I felt, and I, I was praying, oh, God, please forgive me. Because I'm sitting here and give, drop everything that I was doing, so excited. But many times, when I come to your house, I was dragging in sometimes with my prayer requests. And I remember, as I was sitting there, God re reminded me, book of Psalm 100, verse 4. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Amen? It, listen, it's so interesting. Psalm 100, verse 4, again, but different translation. It says, enter into his gates with a password. Listen, we travel so much, we literally lived in hotels. We, yes, we, we do have a home, but we live in hotels because we travel so much. And you know what the password says? 
And, and when we live in a hotel, I always make sure I get the password from the front desk so I can go online when I go on, on, online because I can't do anything because I, I book flight, pay all, my, pay all my bill online. But if I don't get the password, I can't go online. And you know what the password says on Living Translation? It says, enter into his, uh, on a message translation, enter into his gate with this password. This, the password, this word, thank you. In other words, when I come into his presence, Lord, I love you. I adore you. I worship you, God. Lord, you have my attention. You have all my own. My respect is belong to you. Do you know if I enter into that suite where the queen was with my head down, the security will stop me right there and say, ma'am, what's wrong with you? They'll take me outside and take care of all my needs outside because I can enter into that room with my head down. Do you know if I enter into the room with my head down? That means all the attention will be on me. They will come and talk to me. What's wrong with you? The attention is not on me, on the queen. The attention is on him. Amen. And let me tell you what. And I remember when we were there that, that afternoon, I remember we just sat down and she did all the talk. My husband prayed, prophesied over her. I remember that we're, a word that he gave her. He said, your majesty, this is the word the Lord wanted wanted me to give you if you rally your people around his presence god will restore the economy of your nation and when that word came forth tears start running down on her, her eyes and i was thinking oh my gosh if that was a word for a leader of a nation how much more no matter what we're doing doing it all around his presence. Amen. So anyway, right after that word came forth, my brother brought a request to him, to her. And you know what his request was? Because he has been chosen as a chief noble to be one of the noble in one of the little island. And his request was because he's getting ready to go to that island. He's getting ready to go help that island, help jobs, great jobs for that island. And his request was when he's getting ready to go over there, he wanted the queen to come with her, to come with him, because he knows if he's going to just show up by himself, nobody is going to pay attention or come in agreement with what he wanted to, to do. But he knows if he's going to show up with the queen, if he's going to show up with the queen, everybody will say, yes, sir, what do you want us to do? We will do it. And when that word came forth from my brother's mouth to the queen, the request that he brought. Immediately, the queen perked up. It was like she sat up, wiped the tears off her face, and she looked at my brother's face, and she said, Sir, when are you going? I am going to come with you. And I thought about it. Do you know why the queen wanted to go with my brother? Because she saw the love in my brother's heart for her people. Listen, God will show up. God will show up when he saw you and I not only love our family, but love our church, but love our city, love our state, love our nation. After all, we can't do anything. But unless he show up with us, every sickness will bow down. Every addiction will bow down. Every struggle, whatever we're facing will bow down in his presence. Amen. Again, he will only show up in a place that he knows that he's loved and respected and honored. I remember before that, my husband brought a gift to the queen. 
He knew that he has to bring a gift with him to present it to the queen again. Every time we gather together, let's draw all the attention to him. Let's give him all our attention with a heart full of love and respect to him. So I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind, one more time, let's all lift up our hand again one more time. Show him how much we love him, how much we adore him. Put aside all our regrets. Put aside all our things that he's going through in our mind and our heart. Holy Spirit, we're lifting up our hand, taking this moment, oh God, to acknowledge who you are, oh God, to show you how much we love you, how much we adore you, oh God, and we worship you, God. Lord, you have all our attention, oh God. We give you all our respect, all our honor, oh God. The attention is on you alone. And I thank you, Father. Again, Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place, Lord. You come and have your way, Lord. Come and speak to us again. Change us again through your word as we give you all the glory and honor to glorify your name, Lord. We love you, we bless you, and we worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's give Jesus another big hand clap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, when I, when Pastor Daniel asked me to come, I was just so grateful for the opportunity to come here. Tonight, as we open the scriptures tonight, I'm going to let you know what I'm going to share with you is a revival message. Because last night, I had a dream. And in this dream, Meliana and I were walking outside, and there were fireworks, and there were, there were th things going up. But these particular fireworks were like nothing I ever seen. And when I woke up, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Get ready, Alaska. Fireworks are going to hit the church. Signs and wonders are going to come to the church again. And we, ha we have to understand, we have to contend for a move of God. We have to contend for the power of God. We have to contend for the truth of God. We have to contend for these things. And I believe that you are here tonight because you want an explosion to happen in your own life and to happen in your state. Come on, church. Now, church, this church, th this house is known as a house of worship. This is a house of prayer. And because it's on the top of the stage, I believe that worship and prayer releases the anointing. And then the anointing comes down and it hits everybody below, oh church. But here in this story, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, as we get in the word of God tonight. Many of you, it's a very familiar story. However, I'm going to be preaching it a little bit different. And we're just going to stay in, the, in this particular chapter tonight. And this is what it says. Verse 1. I'm reading from the New King James. And it says, Now Jesus entered, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now everybody say, Jesus entered. Jesus. I want to ask you a question. I would not want God to enter and pass by me. I would not want God to come to Wasilla and have him come and leave. Come on, church. 
I would not want, because we're not, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about the presence of God. Why would the presence of God enter a place and then leave that place? You know why he would enter a place and leave the place? Because there was nobody pulling on him. There was nobody hungry for him. There was nobody desiring him. There was nobody worshiping him. There was nobody honoring him. Come on, church. Because you know if you've ever entered a house and you were not welcomed in that house, you wanted to get out of that house. Are you hearing me? You would enter and you would leave very quickly. Well, church, we have to understand the Holy Spirit wants to enter this church tonight. And he doesn't want to just pass by this church. He wants to move into this church. He wants to come and stay in this church. That means there's going to have to be someone that's pulling on him. Church, you know what revival is? All revival is this word, God resting on a place. And right now, in our country, we need some church that God is resting on. Somebody that God is resting on. Somebody that, Lord, I'm not letting, I'm not having you so close that you're going to pass by. So what happens? The word says, because here's the thing, God's going one direction, and I can tell you something right now, God is going in direction, and you know what, I don't want to miss what God is doing on the earth right now. When, because when God is moving in one direction, you know what, that means he's going, but I believe there's some people here tonight that's going to stop God. He's going out, but Lord, Lord, you're saying, God, I'm not letting you go out. I'm not missing you. I'm not leaving until I get a word from you. I'm not leaving until I get my miracle from you. I'm not leaving until I get my healing from you. I'm not leaving until you touched me. Are you hearing me? So what happens? Then he says, then Jesus entered and passed through the city. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. The thing is, this guy is not just a tax collector. He's the CEO of the tax collectors, and he's very wealthy. Come on, sir. In other words, he has everything money can buy. He has all the wealth, all the needs, everything that he can buy in that particular day. However, this is what he wants. You know what he wants? He hears that Jesus is in town. Come on, sir. And it doesn't matter if you're a CEO, if you're homeless tonight. But if, come on church, if God shows up, we need him. Can I tell you something right now? I am indebted to him. I, I need him. I can't do nothing without him. It doesn't matter what my position is. I can have the title of a prophet, but I still need my God. Every time I come to church, I say, God, I need to pass by. I need you to pass by my area. And when you pass by, I am not going to leave. I am not going to I'm going to pull on your presence. I'm going to pull on your power. Now, church, when I was with the queen of Tonga, I want to tell you something. It was an honor for me to be in the presence of royalty. But I want to tell you something. To be in the presence of the king of kings and the lord of lords can't even compare to that. And it's interesting, church, that sometimes what we'll do, because I remember on my way there, we, we, I, I, all of a sudden something came on me that I needed what I needed to do is I needed to not show up in the queen's presence empty-handed. It's interesting that people show up in the presence of God empty-handed. And so what happened is I 
pulled over at Alamoana. It's a famous mall there in Honolulu. And I went a couple flights up, a couple of stairs up, and I went to the Chanel store. Now, we were late, but there's no way I could show up in the Queen's presence without a gift. And I went into the Chanel store. However, I want to confess to you that I was not prepared for the price. A lot of times we want God, come on, we want God to heal our body, we want God to fix our family, we want God to bring revival, but are we prepared for the price? Oh, come on, church. When we see the price tag, come on, church. When we, see, uh, Zacchaeus was a CEO. Come on. He was a chief tax collector. But is there anybody that are prepared for the price of revival? Come on, church. Because there's a price for revival. So... I went, I went there, and all of a sudden, I, I, I walked up to a gentleman very nicely dressed in a suit, along with some, some ladies there. They were salesperson, and I walked in, and I walked to the gentleman, and I said, Sir, I'm here. I want to buy a bottle of perfume for the Queen of Tonga. So then he took me over to a, a place where they had different samples, and underneath the samples was a, w w was a shelf, and they had the price tag on them, and my eyes went very big. Now, you have to understand, too, that I've been married to my queen for 30 years and never shopped at the Chanel store. <laughs> So now I've got to, I've got to make a decision here. But let, are you hearing me? What am I going to do? Because you know what? Because this has went through my mind. Wait a minute. I'm not just presenting anything. I'm not just presenting it to anybody. I'm presenting this gift to the queen of a nation. And there's no way that I'm going to show up with a gift from the dollar store. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? And all of a sudden it crossed my mind. John, you know who you're giving it to? So when you know who you're giving it to, the price doesn't matter. Oh, oh, come on, sir. Are you hearing me tonight? When you know who you're worshiping, when you know who you're serving, when you know who you're going after, it doesn't matter. The price is nothing, church. The, the, what you would pay can't compare what you're going to get at the end of the day. Come on, church. And what I mean is not just the, your financial investment. I'm talking about the investment of your time, your energy, and your entire resources. Church, I'm going to tell you this. I, I mean, I did not know that you have this property. I just heard this story today. But it's going to take a group of people, because right now, I can tell you this, there, there's probably 100, 150 people on this campus tonight. Can I tell you something right now? 150 people don't have the resources to build a big cathedral, but God does. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That means there's got to be somebody here that's willing to pay the price. There's got to be somebody here that when God's presence and favor is passing by, I'm going to grab a hold of it and pull on it. So I'm in the Chanel store, and I make a quick decision. I said, yep, I want that one. And I won't tell you how much it costs. And I had them wrap it up nice. And I remember walking, walking back to the car where my wife is. 
And I walked up to my wife and I said, honey, I bought this for the queen. My wife didn't go, how come you didn't buy it for me? You know what she said? She said this. Because she's worth it, John. What's a move of God worth to you? How much would you pay to have God come to this city? How much would you pay to have God invade Wasilla, Alaska? How much would you pay? How much time would you give if God said, I'm coming, but you give me this time and then I'll come? How much energy would you give of yourself if God says, you know what, I won't just pass by, I'll come and move in. Because what revival is, it is simply the presence of God moving into an area and staying there because he's welcome. And I can tell you this. I remember the Lord speaking to me. Because, of course, you question, oh, should I have spent that money? Should I have done this? And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, John, if you're willing to pay that much to give a queen a little bottle of perfume, how much more should you give me? Not because the queen needs my gift. She can buy the store. But the thing is, I need to show my honor in her presence. Because really, what I understand is that what, what moves God is when I honor him above the norm. Come on, church. Because most people don't have God in their thoughts, and they're not honoring him. No, notice this. Zacchaeus is a tax collector. He, he's the chief tax collector. And you'll notice this. So, so. The Lord is isolating this man. Why is he isolating this man? He's isolating this man because of his spiritual hunger. And if you want God to say, I'm chosen you, just like you life group leaders, and you want God to chose you, you get hungrier than everybody else for a move of God. You just start just saying, God, I, I, can't, I, I cannot live in the, with the absence of your spirit working through my life. Now notice this. He says, I love this. Verse 3. He sought to see who Jesus was. Oh. In other words, I'm not just seeking to fix my life. Oh, come on, church. I'm not just see see seeking to heal my body. I'm not just seeking so I would be a better person. Oh, come on, church. I'm not, I'm seeking to, I'm not seeking to be popular. Come on. I'm not seeking just to be famous. I'm seeking so I can see who he is. Because the problem is in our country is we don't know who Jesus is. And there's a lot of people praying for revival, but they really don't know who Jesus is. We're seeking our success. Come on. We're, we're seeking our popularity. We're seeking a greater anointing, but we're really not seeking who Jesus is. Because if we are, Wasilla, seeking who Jesus is. I want to seek who Jesus is. I believe this whole row, right here in the front, 
You're seeking who Jesus is. You're not seeking a position. You're not seeking a favor from your pastor. You're not seeking a pat on the back from Dr. Morocco. You're seeking who Jesus is. And when you have that kind of heart, God says, I'll use you. You'll be the agent of transformation in the city that I was passing by because you sought who I was. Church, if we're in ministry just so that we can be successful, we have missed the whole purpose. I'm in ministry because I want to know God. Come on, church. And I want people to see who Jesus is through my life. He sought to see who Jesus was. Now notice this. It's amazing. But he could, but he could not. In other words, I, I want to see Jesus. And what he meant was, I don't want to just see him through Pastor Daniel's set of lenses. I don't want to just see him through a testimony of a missionary. I don't want to just see him through somebody else's encounter. I want to see him for myself. Because I can tell you right now, I cannot live off Meliana's faith. She can't live off of my faith. We have to have our own. Now, we are a team. We are, we are a couple. But the bottom line is I have to stand before the Lord all by myself. Are you hearing me? She's not going to be there. Now, I realize that sometimes people call in sick. They get late. They have things that go through their life. But I can tell you, every one of us sitting here tonight, everybody on the planet is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we're not going to stay. We're not going to call in sick. We're not going to say, I don't want to get up. We're not going to be dragged there. Everybody's going to stand there. And I'm going to have to give an account by myself, not through my wife, not through my praying grandmother, by myself. For what I've done and what I have not done. Now listen, church. He sought to see who Jesus was. Now listen. But he could not because of the crowd. Now, now listen. That means that there was something hindering his vision. Something was hindering him from seeing who God was. Because every single one of us have a handicap. We all have something we need to overcome. For some of it, it could be our past. Come on. For some of it, it could be our present. Some of it could be financial. Some of it could be physical. Some could be emotional. But every single one of us has something we need to overcome. But because church, I can tell you this, we will never overcome until we see who Jesus was. Because you can't overcome in your own strength. You can come here and have everybody in, in, in Christendom lay hands on you. Come on. But it's not going to happen. You, you've got to overcome until you get a glimpse of who God is. That's what will power you to overcome. I shouldn't be here. Pastor Daniel shouldn't be here. I was in jail. I, I, I was on my life. But guess, I saw who Jesus was. Yeah. Now notice this. It says, because of the crowd, notice this, he couldn't see, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So that means he had a problem with his stature. He had a handicap, which meant that this particular man couldn't see over the crowd. Do you know that, the, that many times the crowd follows the crowd? And I notice in this story that Jesus wasn't stopping for the crowd. Because the crowd wasn't pulling on him. Come on, church. 
but this CEO, uh, this tax collector that nobody liked in town, nobody liked his or his reputation, decided, wait a minute, I, I can't just get a little glimpse of God on Sunday morning. I've got to come Sunday night. I've got to come Wednesday night. I've got to come to prayer meeting. I've got to do everything that I need to do because I want to get a hold of God right now. Are you hearing me? Oh, uh, my marriage is a mess. Oh, what am I, I going to do? I'm going to go to counseling. The problem with counseling is sometimes counseling is it's a good thing. However, you know what? Most Christian, almost even Christian counseling starts off with the problem and works out. So that means you're starting from the problem out instead of starting with the love of God. Because the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your strength, all your soul, all your mind, and all your heart, right? Because the problem isn't your spouse. The problem is you have to love God. And if you love God, God will fix the things in your life. Are you, come on, sir. And, and so what happens is, is this, he has a problem. He can't see over the crowd. Because the thing is, if I am watching the po political environment of my country, I can get very annoyed and very discouraged. I can get very annoyed and very irritated regarding people's definition of marriage right now. Come on. Are you hearing me? And I can be watching what the crowd is doing instead of watching what God is doing. And what can happen is I can get sidetracked in the pol politics or side of in the government. The problem is in the government. The problem is if I see Jesus is, who Jesus is. Come on, church. Then if I see who he really is and he empowers me, then I can change the systems. Now listen, church. In other words, what Zacchaeus decided to do is, you know what I'm going to do? Instead of following the crowd and try to get a glimpse of Jesus occasionally, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something that the crowd isn't willing to do. Do you know that most people find it easier to compromise than speak the truth? It's easier to follow popular opinion than it is to go against the grain. It's easier, e easier to, be, to follow normality than it is to have radical faith. It's easier. It doesn't cost you anything. But so what he does, what he does, is this is amazing to me, because what he does, it says, so he ran ahead. Everybody say, so he ran ahead. In other words, I'm not waiting for the crowd. I'm not waiting to what the public says. I'm not waiting to be voted in. Come on, church. I'm not just waiting for, for if God's called me, if I get lucky, if he calls me out, all these kinds of things. You know what I'm doing? I'm going to run ahead of everybody else. Church, I, do I have anybody that's willing to run ahead of everybody else? Because all, all everybody else is doing is just following God, but not wholeheartedly. They're not really seeing who Jesus is. And he ran ahead, which means this short man decided, I'm not waiting for the crowd. I'm going to go outside. Can you imagine seeing a short man running past you? The, the man hated is running because you know what? I don't really care what the crowd thinks if I start running. I don't really care what the crowd thinks if I'm running ahead because I'm not running ahead for the crowd. I'm running ahead to get his presence. Now notice this. It's amazing. He says, so we ran ahead, climbed up this sycamore tree 
to see him. In other words, actually, check this out. Some translation says sycamore fig tree. He ran up the tree so Jesus could recognize the fruit of his hunger. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because something captures the heart of God. Because remember when he cursed the fig tree? Because there was no fruit. Right? Remember that? God wasn't going to curse the fig tree that Zacchaeus climbed. Oh, come on. He wasn't going to curse the life. Why? Even though this man was a tax collector and hated, he understood the fruit of your hunger is going to change your whole entire life right now. Are you hearing me? I'm not going to curse your passion. Come on. I'm not going to curse your stature. I'm not going to curse your background. Come on. I'm not going to curse what you've been through. You know why? Because I see fruit in your life. Come on, church. You may have some struggles. Come on, church. There's nobody in this here, this house that doesn't have struggles. But if you get hungry, if you get hungry, I guarantee you God will call you out of that tree. He climbs the tree. Now, church, you got to understand, there were, in Jericho, there were groves of sycamore trees. And because there were groves of sycamore trees, you have to understand something. Only one man decides to climb higher. And notice this. It says, for he knew he was going to pass that way. In other words, I'm going to find the spot where God's going by. And then I'm going to stay there until he sees me. Are you hearing me? Could it be that that property, could it be that this particular, this particular, now wait, could it be that God really, honestly, wants to make this particular extension, the first extension over a thousand? Could it be, come on, could it be that the reason why God has favored you, could it be is God wants to begin to put that, put a chapel, come on, put a cathedral with a big old thing that God is in charge of Wasilla? Could it be, could it be because God put you there because you're the only people in Alaska willing to climb the tree? Come on, church, because God, I know where you're passing by and I want you to see me. Good Lord, I'm so desperate for you tonight. I'm so in need of you tonight. Unless you see me. In other words, in other words, church, what I want to do is I want to get to the place where heaven has a clear view. And I have a clear view. In other words, I know where God's going. In other words, I know the direction of the Holy Spirit. Here's a tax collector, man, who knew where God was going. There are people that read their Bibles that don't know where God's going. You know what I'm saying? He knew it. He knew it. How did he know? Oh, God's going to turn this street. Heaven's going this way. I'm going where he's going. And then I'm going to get there before he does. I love this. 
he climbs the tree. And it's amazing. And when he climbs the tree, it said, when Jesus came to that place. So that means God's walking out. He came to that place. Notice this. He came and stopped where hunger was. He came and stayed where passion and hunger met. Come on, church. Where desperation and worship and honor met. That's where he came to that place. Because I'm telling you, God wants to come to this place. God wants to come to this place, church. Do I got anybody here tonight that says, God, I want you to come to this place. Because it's not just about me getting my feel. It's not about me. I want you to come to this place because you are so close. Church, I am telling you. Church, can I tell you this? There is going to be massive judgment in America. Massive judgment like we have never known. But there's going to be massive visitation from heaven, church, to those that say, God, I want you in my place. There's going to be massive economic downturn and storms and things that happen in our country unlike we've never seen before because God is a just God. And church, but with the church that is climbing higher, the church that wants him, the church that knows where he's going, he'll stay in that place and protect his people. Listen, notice this. He came to the place. I love this. And when he came to the place, he looked up and saw him. In other words, this is amazing to me. Zacchaeus' hunger caused heaven to stop. In other words, I can't leave town right now. That's all revival is. God says, I'm not going to leave this place. I'm not going to leave this area. I can't. Someone's up in a tree. Now, Zacchaeus never introduced himself. But Jesus introduced himself to Zacchaeus. Because God knows your name. He knows every, come on, sorry. He called him out by name. That's called the word of knowledge. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a release of the prophetic and words of knowledge in this congregation tonight. He called him out by name. It means I know your name. I know your past. I know your present. I know why you're up in that tree, too. I know every reason. I know everything about you, Zacchaeus. And I don't know about you, but if God is passing by, I want God to call my name. When God says Zacchaeus, what he was doing is he was calling him out. He was calling him. He was calling him into following him. He was calling him into discipleship. He was calling him into his purposes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's calling you by name, Wasilla. When he called him, I love this. He says, Zacchaeus, make haste. And come down, for today I must stay at your house. In other words, I'm not passing by. I'm staying at your house. 
I'm inviting myself. Oh, 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 come on. I'm inviting. I'm inviting. Because, listen, there were probably many people that had needs, many people that needed miracles, many people that need, need deliverance in Jericho that day. But one man caused God to stay in the house. Now, church, I came here today because I want God to stay in this house. Because if he stays in your house, cancer can stay. If he stays in your house, demons can't stay. If he stays in your house, divorce can't stay. If he stays in your house, lack can't stay. If he stays in your house, poverty can't stay. If he stays in your house, sickness can't stay. If he stays in your house, he, not, come on church, mental illness cannot stay. Disorder cannot stay. Anger cannot stay. Hatred cannot stay. When he comes to your house, come on, I don't care what you... He wants to stay in this house. He wants to stay. I'm coming to stay at your house. Now, church, that motivates me. You know what that does? That motivates me that I'm going to get on a plane early in the morning and go somewhere where there's 195 people. Not right now. A small village. Come on, church. Somewhere in here in this state. Bristol Bay, right? You know why? That motivates me. Because if God decides to come and stay, I'm staying. <laughs> Are you hearing me? And God wants to stay here. And if he stays here, guess what? You just came to see who Jesus was. But he's going to give you a lot more. I give God a little bit. Come on. I give him a little bit of money. He gives me much, much more than I could ever imagine. Come on, trip. I climb a tree. He says, no, no, no. I, I just came to see you. I said, no, 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 no. I'm taking another mile on you. I'm coming over your house. Oh, come on. I don't know if he was prepared for that. But I can tell you something. Hunger for God prepares you for the supernatural. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Listen to this. It's amazing. I'm coming to your house. Now, I love this. So he made haste and came down. In other words, God's calling me. I'm not going to be doing what God's coming. And no, I, lo I love this because listen to this line. I never had seen this before. And he received him joyfully. <laughs> Everybody say he received him joyfully. Church, when I get a word from God, I don't want to receive it with my head down. You know, I don't understand why somebody come to church and be grumpy. I, I'm getting up there. I'm receiving a word from God. I don't receive it joyfully. Do you think that someone would want to stay in your house if you're not receiving them joyfully? It is what, what, what tells me that's the proper way to receive our Lord, His Word. That's why my wife was telling you that she couldn't walk in the Queen's presence with her head down. In other words, you're not going to receive the Queen joyfully. Now, church, when I got delivered, I received it joyfully. Which means my body, come on, 
My legs, my hands, my eyes, everything about my physical body showed that I received this word joyfully. I mean, who would want to go to church with a frown on your face and leave with a frown? Come on, church. To come to church just as grumpy as you came in and leave is me. You did not receive the word joyfully. Hell, Pastor Daniel, I didn't like my prophecy. Could it be that your prophecy was to correct you? To tell you that you're only receiving what you want to hear, what not, what you not, what you need to hear. Because I've seen this so many times. People only receive what feels good, church. That, that's the problem with our country. That's the problem with the church. They only receive the love of God and the grace of God, but they don't understand the judgment of God or the wrath of God. Church, you gotta, you got to hear this. Can you, can you guys are so good at putting up the word. Put up Revelation 10.10 for me real quickly. I want you to see this. I want you to see this about receiving the word joyfully. Now, I'm not an end time teacher, but I'm just going to tell you what John did. It says, that, then I, then I, John, John the revelator, the apostle, says, then I took the little book. Everybody say little book. What's the little book? It's... Can I borrow this? It is this book right here. It is the word of God. It is the word of God. What did John say? I took this word. Come on. I took the word. I took the word. See, I received the word. Come on, church. It says, I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. Come on, church. That's exactly what, what I mean, exactly this. I'm, I'm going to eat what God is saying. I'm going to eat it. Come on. I'm going to eat it in my mouth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to devour the word of God. Now, notice this. And I ate it, and it was sweet. Now, keep it up there. And it was sweet as honey in my mouth. So when I ate it, it was so sweet. Now, should I'm going to stop right there. Because when we, see, here's the thing. You and I are ambassadors. Ambassadors of Christ. Now, I have a grandson. He's two years old. I've got four and then one in the oven. The one in the oven will be Miss Meliana. That's going to name her right after Grandma. The little girl. My daughter's second. So we'll have five altogether. But I have a grandson. He's two years old. He just turned two. His name is Ezekiel John Gabriel Harkey. <laughs> Now, I would be honored if my grandson was selected to be the ambassador from the United States to China, if that, or any country, because he, he doesn't get voted in, he gets appointed. As ambassadors to Christ, we don't get voted on, we are appointed by God. Now, now, as an ambassador, my, 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 my grandson's primary obligation would be not to represent him. Not to represent his ideas. Not to represent what he wants to speak about. Not to represent what he, what he grew up about or what he thought. His entire responsibility was to represent the, 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 the request and the nation that he's called to. Come on, church. He's, as he's called to represent the United States. I'm using this as an illustration. Now, church, as an ambassador, come on, church, I come up to this pulpit. I'm not called to share what John Harkey thinks. 
I'm not called in order to live how John Harkey wants to live. Come on, church. I'm not, I, I am called to represent the kingdom that I'm a part of, and that's the kingdom of God. Come on, church. Because I will, I will tell you this. If I will, I will tell you this. If I, if I got up, come on, church, or my grandson got up and preached what he wanted to, shared what he wanted to, told what he wanted to, he would be dismissed as the ambassador because he did not represent the United States. Church, right now, there's going to be great shaking in the church. Because what is happening in the church is this. We cannot represent what we think. Come on, church. We can't represent what we pull out of Scripture. We have to represent the entire Word of God. Come on, church. So notice this. He ate the honey. He ate the, he ate the Word, and initially it tastes sweet. In other words, the love of God is sweet. The uh, grace of God is sweet. The mercy of God. And church, we need to preach that. We need to preach the sweetness of God. But church, here's the problem. Notice what he says. He says, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. So in other words, he eats it, but then after it digests, it becomes bitter. Because you know what sometimes God will give me? He won't give me something sweet. He'll give me something bitter to mature me. Are you hearing me? Because the justice of God, the judgment of God, the wrath of God is bitter. And what happens to, and what is happening, see the problem in our country is not the president. It, it, it's not the political, it's not systems, it's not the governor, it's not political. The problem is the pulpit is not preaching the entire counsel of God. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because if all I do is preach honey, 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 it'll turn the church into liberalism. Are you hearing me? If that's all I do is preach honey, 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 oh, you'll be fine with your lifestyle. You'll be fine like this. You just go ahead. You're, you're born again. You're okay. God will forgive you. Ah, I, I turn the whole congregation into liberalists. This is the problem in our country, church. If you want revival, you've got to eat the entire word of God. Now, church, hear me as well. Because, because you know what? Because I can get annoyed at the liberalist. That are only preaching honey and get annoyed and irritated at them. So then I, what be, I become is I become a bitter preacher. And all I preach is fire and brimstone. All I preach is through the wrath of God, the hatred of God. You know what I'll turn? I'll turn the church into legalists. And we'll be walking in legalism. Either extremes are wrong. That's why I've got to learn to receive the word joyfully. Whether, whether it's strong or whether it's the wrath of God or the love of God. Because when I receive it joyfully and receive it correctly, come on church, then I'm going to be healthy on the inside, church. Because right now there are people that says, okay, it's okay for a man to marry a man, a woman to marry a woman. What, what are they doing? They're preaching the honey. 
Are you there? They're not preaching the bitter. Come on. They're not preaching the justice of God. And then, and then there are those that are just preaching hatred, 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 criticizing everything. Come on, church. Because this pulpit is not here to denounce people. It's here to persuade people to come to the knowledge of God. Now, church, criticism, criticism is good. But when criticism points the finger, it becomes demonic. Come on, church. Because it has no intention of restoring the person. Just to destroy them. Because, church, I'm not called to destroy people. I'm called to set them free. Are you hearing me? That's why when I get a word, I learn to receive it joyfully. Because even if, now listen, my son is a full-time worship leader of a church of about 500 in Idaho. Now, I will tell you this. He, he, he called me one time because he's got, some, he's got about 30 musicians under him. And musicians, sometimes he says, is the hardest people to work with. Come on, church. Because they're gifted, they're anointed, but they got an attitude. I'm just telling you. So when he has a problem, he always calls me and says, Dad, what should I do? Well, here's the thing, because he had one of the, one of the musicians, much old, Charlie's 27, and, and the, 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 the person he was have, having a problem is 30 years, is 57, and this particular person would go on a guitar riff in the middle of the service, and he was going one way, and he tried to get him back, but he wouldn't listen. And then would criticize my son how he wasn't following the Holy Spirit. Now, church, so my son calls me up. And he says, Dad, what do I do? He's criticizing and criticizing and criticizing. And I said, son, you know what? The wisdom is learning to find the criticism even when it's demonic. Finding the nugget, rather. Find the nugget. What is God trying to say to you? Because then what you, because if you don't find out what God's saying to you through the, even the negative criticism, you'll hate your brother. Come on, church. You'll hate your brother, you, and you won't receive him joyfully. Come on. Because they've wounded you to such an extreme. Come on. You won't receive them how Jesus receives him. So notice this. So, so Zacchaeus received the word joyfully. Now listen. He receives the word joyfully. You receive joyfully. It opens up much more. Oh, come on. Notice this. Receive him joyfully. Now notice this. Now, now you're, you're talking to the crowd. Now it shifts. So now the... Now, 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 now Luke is giving us a glimpse into the crowd, and he says this. He says, but when they saw it, so it's the crowd. And that, in other words, they saw God calling. They saw his hunger. They saw the fact that God gave him a prophetic word, I'm standing at your house. And that he received it joyfully. Guess what they said? This is amazing. They all complained. Can I tell you what kills a move of God? 
is when we start complaining about other people's passion. When we start complaining that the people in the front are a distraction to my praise. When we start complaining about flags and all these petty things, little church, forget that. I didn't come here to watch you. I came here to watch the presence of God. Oh, come on, are you hearing me? And the problem is, is sometimes what we get is we get a little angry or complaining or jealous at somebody else's hunger. That's what the crowds do. Come on. That's why there's not revival. Come on, that's not a full-blown scale revival because what they do is they complain about why people do what they do. And guess what? And guess whose house Jesus is coming over? He ain't coming over to the crowd. He's not coming over to the complainers. He's coming over to Zacchaeus' house. Do I got any Zacchaeus here tonight? Come on. Oh, this is amazing. Because I can guarantee you, he's not going to go to a house of complainers and grumblers. He's going to go to a house of praise. He's going to go to a house where they receive his word joyfully. Oh, Jesus. That'll preach. Are you hearing me? God is going to show up to this house, Priscilla, because you receive the word joyfully. I want God to stay in my house. How dare he say it back here, Val? Forget that. Because they complained when they saw it. Notice this. I got to start wrapping this up. Says that, that he said he, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. I thought we're all sinners. <laughs> so you're not a sinner because he's a tax collector. You're better than him. Look at I love this. I love this part because all, Zachia, all Jesus said was, Meliana, I'm coming to your house to stay. There was no preaching about him adjusting his lifestyle. And that doesn't mean we don't preach about that. But in this particular instance, this is why I love your story, because in this particular instance, he didn't have to preach about it. Because the presence of God corrected the person. That's why I know it's an authentic encounter with God. That it's a real encounter with God. There has been a real transformation, church. Because when there's a transformation, the Holy Spirit does his work all by himself. Come on, church. In other words, I noticed that God did not. Now, now listen, church. I, I, I want to make this clear so you. So that doesn't mean that we get up here and preach and encourage people to give. And we, and we don't preach on offering. We should do that. We need to do that. We need to so people delivered from financial bondage. Come on, that's why. But I noticed something. Zacchaeus is rich. Jesus never preached about an offering. Because let me just tell you, when you really encounter God, giving an offering is something that's a habit. Oh, come on, church. They don't even have to tell you. You got your check already there. You just, you just close your eyes to ask God to add some more zeros. Oh, church, hear me. Notice this. Notice this. He never preached to him, told him, oh, what do you do? All he said, I'm coming to your house. But the fact that the presence of God is coming to his house is changing his very 
what's important, his priorities, his entire life. And he turns to Jesus and says, listen, Jesus, I love this. Zacchaeus stood and said, look, Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. In other words, now that you're coming over, I don't need my stuff. I don't need what I thought was important. Now, Sister Meliana mentioned about John and Meliana not having a home. Now, we have a home. We're only there four days a year. So we rent it out. And she is right. We basically travel. I preach between 20 and 25 times a month. Now, church, and I do it 12 months out of the year. And then I take a week off and and Thanksgiving and Christmas to see my grandkids and to see my daughter and my son. Now listen, I will tell you this. I can tell you this. When, l- listen, church. When, when, things, when things don't become important, when you're a lifestyle, because I think sometimes we want revival, but we want to keep our lifestyle. And revival is always an interruption to your lifestyle. And if we don't want an interruption, come on, we're not going to have a move of God. I mean, in the way it's going to be a, in, in, uh, uh, it's going to be an interruption with my routine. I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do because guess what? Somebody is coming to stay at my house. And notice this: he didn't ask him to give his money to the poor. That was an outflow of his appreciation that God, you're coming to my house. I want to give everything to you. This stuff don't matter. Now, notice this. I, I, then, not only do he want to give it, but then he wants to make restitution. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He wants to make restitution because he doesn't want anything in his life to hinder intimacy. Are you hearing me? In other words, I do something wrong, he's convicted. Because church, many times people continue to stay in sin because the conviction of the Holy Spirit is not in the house. When the conviction of the Holy Spirit is in the house, let me tell you, you're going to be on your face. Oh God, I want to make restitution. Everything I've done wrong. I don't want internet pornography. I don't want, I don't want financial disobedience. I don't want to go this route because I know it hurts you. Now listen. Listen to this. It says, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will I restore it fourfold. Now, church, Jesus didn't ask him, but he said that to God. And you know what Jesus said to him? He said he didn't say to, didn't say tomorrow, didn't say next week, didn't say five years from now. It says today. Today. Everybody say today. today. Say it today. today. Verse 9. Today salvation has come to this house. So you know that word salvation is a word sozo. Are you hearing me? doesn't mean that I'm just born again. Come on, and I got a ticket to heaven. What it means is I completely delivered mind, soul, and body. Come on, church. My thought processes change. 
My priorities has changed. Everything in my life has been redeemed. Are you hearing me? Because God just didn't redeem, redeem my finances. He redeemed everything in my life. He says, today salvation comes to your house. That means, Zacchaeus, because of your hunger, I'm going to throw this in. Everybody in your household, your sons, your daughters, your mama, your grandma, your aunts, your uncles, everybody else, because of your hunger, I'm touching your house. Church, I, you've got to see this. Church, I don't like what's happening in my nation, but I understand it's my household. Come on, church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if I believe, if I have hunger for God, that God's going to come into my house. And what he's going to do is he's going to transform everybody connected with me and everybody in my house. Now notice this. I love this. This is amazing. Because he also is the son of Abraham. I'm sure the people in the crowd will go, I wanted salvation to come in my house. For the Son of Man has not come to seek and to save. For the Son of Man has come, excuse me, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Hunger won't keep you lost. Hunger just doesn't save you. It saves everybody around you that's lost. And here's the thing, church. You know, I want a cathedral over a thousand people in Wasilla, Alaska. So the lost can be found. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Lift your hands to heaven right now. Father, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet and it's a light upon our path. I'd like the praise team to come up, please. I thank you for what you're going to do in just a few moments, oh God. I thank you for this word, God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the seeds of this promise, oh God, would hit us, God. We would live it. We would breathe it. We would walk it out in the name of the Lord. You may put your hands down. Sir, could you please stand up? Would you walk forward, please? Would you just lift your hands toward the Lord? Congregation, stretch forth your hands to him right now. I'd like to pray his name to come up, please. The Spirit of the Lord would say this to you, my son. In the midst of family challenges, in the midst of rejection, even from your own house, the Lord says to you tonight, Zacchaeus, because of your hunger, I'm transforming the most hardened people that accuse you. I'm defending your reputation right now, sir. And I am my spirit is going to cure what nobody thought would be cured. You're here tonight. You shouldn't be in the front rows. You should be in the back, but I called you for it. Because I saw something in you. 
something that was true and something that was pure. Because you were true and pure on the inside, one day you will be my instrument shouting like John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Because the kingdom of God rescued you. Because of your childlike faith and your simple trust. You'll trust me. You'll trust me, son. When it looks like everything in your life is against you. Because you received the word before you received the problem. I will send you companions that will walk alongside you. And the people you touch will feel God when you start talking. When you open your mouth, son, they will feel me, says the Lord. It will prick them. It will prick their spirit. It will prick their hearts. It will bring conviction. Because you preach conviction, you preach it with humility, not with anger, not with annoyance. Tonight, you've been selected as my ambassador. Will you represent me? Father, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, touch him right now in the name of Jesus. Pray in the Holy Ghost all over this room. Pray in the Holy Ghost all over this room. All over this room. Pray in the Holy Ghost all over this room. is passing by right now. You can't afford to be disconnected, disinterested, disengaged. We're going to transition, but not for very long. The Lord wants us to sow into revival. He wants us to sow into this world. He wants to invest. He wants us to show our investment by sowing to this offering, saying, God, I want spiritual hunger. Put that in me. But I don't care what I look like or what anybody thinks. I'm running ahead of the crowd. I'm going to have Pastor Daniel come up. We're going to take an offering. Right after the offering, we're going to go right into altar ministry and time to worship and prayer, prophecy, and healing is going to take place. Signs and wonders are going to take place right here at this altar. 
Pastor Daniel. Ushers, ushers, would you help us, please? If you'd like an envelope to record your giving, just lift your hand, and they'll bring that to you. Glory. Hallelujah. out a check, make it out to KC tonight. We will send them on with one check at the completion of their ministry here in Alaska. Amen. You pray, ask God what you should do. Come on, just take a moment. Blessing over the offering. Father, we thank you for the passion, the anointing, the zeal, Lord, of my precious brother and sister. Thank you for the word that's gone out. Lord, we sow a seed tonight. Lord, and I ask you to release and even baptize us in hunger. If you'd release a fresh baptism of the power of God, the hunger, Lord, to seek you while you may be found. A hunger to eat the scroll while it's sweet as honey and even bitter, Lord, for change and transformation of the meat of the word. Lord, we thank you that you've chosen and selected us according to your plan and your purpose here in the state of Alaska. Lord, that a mighty revival would come, that a mighty wave of the Spirit of God would come. Lord, that Alaska would hear the word of the Lord and be saved. God, that you would stir our hearts, do all that you want to do. Lord, in and through this offering, bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. Holy Spirit. give you a few moments so that as the ushers are going down, up and down the aisle.
There's someone here tonight, you're, you're suffering from digestive problems in your stomach. Jesus wants to heal you right now. Let me see your hand. Come up here real quickly. Come up here. Whoever, whoever's having digestive problems, come up here right now. Right now. Right now. Lift your hands to heaven. Lift your hands to heaven, man. Jesus. 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 Right now, in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus' hands are laid on my sisters. I pray right now that your healing would come right now in the name of Jesus. Take away every digestive problem in their stomach right now. Ladies, put your hand on your stomach. There it is. There it is. God's healing you right now. Healing you right now. God's healing you, ma'am, right now. God's touching you, ma'am, right now. Receive it. There it is. Oh, Jesus. God's healing you right now, ma'am. There it is. God's touching you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 This young lady right here, could you please come forward? Congregation, stretch forth your hands to her. Meliana, would you come over and put your hand on her shoulder, please? The Spirit of the Lord says this to you. called you here I'm training you I'm instructing you and you're going to be doing a lot of different things in the coming day because I want you to get a glimpse of what ministry is like but daughter the Lord says this to you this is a parable. I put a mop in your hand. And this mop is a gift. Most people, because of they, their, their, their attitude isn't correct, they, I don't want the mop. I want the pulpit. But you've taken the mop with joy. And what you're doing is, daughter, don't ever, ever think that what you are doing is not having significance and impact because what you are doing is you're beautifying my house and you're beautifying my people you could be doing anything right now but you just said I'm picking up the mop because you've had to pick up things and clean up things where other people have dropped the ball and you've done it out complaining with a heart gratitude that God I would rather be a doorkeeper in your house than to dwell in the tents of the and because of that I'm promoting you I'm elevating you 
I'm putting you in a great place of leadership and influence because I'm smiling at the little things that you do. Father, from the top of her head to the sole of her feet, touch her right now. There it is. There it is. God is touching you right now. Let's just worship, just worship, just worship all over the room. Just worship, just worship God all over the room. Just worship Him. Just worship Him all over the room. Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Lord. Pull on Him tonight, church. Pull on His presence tonight. I want everybody that's sick in body tonight to step out of your seat. Come to this altar right now. Do not hesitate. You need a healing in your body. Come forward right now.
God wants me to say this. this place. Come on, just thank him right out loud. Come on, just thank him one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise. Come on, just right out loud. Give him praise and glory. Give you praise and glory, honor. Thank you for what you've done today, God. Come on, put your best hand clap together for God. Take someone by the hand tonight. Hey, revival continues Wednesday night. They're going to be back with us. Prophet Harkey going to be back, and it's going to flow in the Holy Ghost. All of our youth are going to be down here on Wednesday night. Amen. And we're just going to have a we're going to have a time. Would you invite somebody? Would you encourage people to come? Let's pack this place out. We'll pull out extra chairs if need be. What a powerful time tonight. Amen. Let me just bless you and close as we close in prayer. Father, we thank you for what you've done. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them, God. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Be in prayer Monday and Tuesday for 
for the Harkies over in King Salmon and Naknek. God bless Delta Junction. You're online tonight, I believe. God bless you. We love you guys. The Lord is great. We look forward to, uh, to being with you again. Hallelujah. God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. Glory. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.